Matthew Drake Gordon, if you don't mind, <laughs> sir. Uh, Matthew's a father to eight children, and he has led mission trips in various places. Most recently, he went to the Lakota Sioux Territory in South Dakota in the Pine Ridge area. Anyway, he's a mighty man of God, has a beautiful wife named Amy, and as I said earlier, eight wonderful children. So, Matt, we turn it to you. Teach from the Word tonight. These are subjects I don't, <laughs> I don't like covering. <laughs> um, for a long time, I was teaching college career age guys, and, uh, and uh, you know, when it comes talking about the Antichrist, the end of the age, and stuff like that, I always said the same things like, listen, if you guys just learn to live right, <laughs> walk with the Lord, I'm totally happy. <laughs> and uh, But here's the scripture we dive into. It's actually the first time that I've ever taught or discussed anything like this out of this particular passage, just because it's easy to and get off into something that, you know, and I, I I don't want to lose I don't want to lose sight of what the Lord what the Lord wants us to do is I'm just learning to walk in Him and walk in the Spirit. Um, but uh, you know, and here it is the passage actually starts with it. So we'll go ahead and just read out of this. And I printed out the did everybody get a sheet of one of it. Um, I printed this out, um, and we'll go ahead and start. First John two, starting at verse eighteen. Young ones, it is a last hour, and as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have risen up, from which you know that it is a last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they were of us, they would have remained with us. But they left so that it might be revealed that they all are not of us. And you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I did not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And because every lie is not of the truth. Who is a liar except the one denying, saying that Jesus is not the Christ? This is the Antichrist. And the one denying the Father and the Son, everyone denying the Son does not have the Father. The one confessing the Son also has the Father. Then what you have heard from the beginning, let it abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will abide in both the Son and the Father. And this is the promise which he promised us, everlasting life. So I just went through and broke it down verse by verse, and uh, I actually... Uh, I'm a uh, I'm a systems programmer, so when I see words in the Bible, I actually see functions. It's like I don't just look at a word; I see a lot of other things behind it. <laughs> so I tried to cover that, and I guess we've got a lot of ground to cover. But um, um, we'll just see where the Lord takes us with this. So verse 18: Young ones, it is the last hour, and you've heard that the Antichrist is coming. And even now, many Antichrists have risen up, from which we know that's the last hour. <clears throat> so, uh, and I took some notes here too, but I like I like hearing from you, group our size. I like hearing from everybody as well. What are the signs and fulfilled prophecy that are evidence for Jesus coming back very soon, and evidence for it being the last hour? Uh, now, actually. I would say that with the events going on in the world today, 
Um, like it was mentioned before, our country is not in Bible anywhere, no how, and it's not represented to it. Major sign for today, and which is just really wigging me out real bad, is this Ebola drug, uh, Ebola virus has come out. There's going to be some kind of massive plague that's going to hit us. And all these things that are occurring today that have been steady occurrences, but different forms of it, I think that is a slight hint. Time here may be limited. Good. They almost started the World War Three. that could actually help start the plague. The World Wars, yeah. There is, you know, there is a, I, I don't have it written down here, but there is a scripture, I think it's on Isaiah, there's a prophecy to a land beyond the lands of Ethiopia, so it's saying like to the far west, uh, where they send um, ships out by sea, talking west in the sea, and uh, it talks about a land that's divided by many rivers, land of people who are tall and smooth, and uh, but it, it and everything is just destruction. <laughs> So if it if it happens to be you know the Americas it's you know the cities are going to be emptied and <laughs> filled in with just beasts wandering around. Um, um, there is that. Well, um, I think I think before all that stuff happens though, I think we could be looking at a big revival. Can you restate the question? <laughs> restate the question. Um, uh, what are signs? What are signs and fulfilled prophecy of evidence for Jesus coming back soon? The evidence of being the last hour, the last times. I mean, obviously this was a topic back in John's day, too. Well, in, in Acts, it's to get kind of language maybe correct. They consider from the time the Holy Spirit arrived at Pentecost the beginning of the last days. Right. So... You know, we're looking at where do we reside within that concept of the last days. Right. You know, in Acts chapter 2, talking in verse 17, he's quoting Joel, and it shall come to pass, last days God says that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and my manservant, and on my manservant, and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood. And before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord shall come to pass, and whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's Peter talking. Pentecost, um, and that's the, you know, they're recognizing, they're calling that the last day started then, mm-hmm. and I think it's interesting when you talk about science, and we can talk about political and geographical things, and there's always been an argument in scripture that this generation could be the last generation. Mm-hmm. There is some things in this generation that we haven't ever seen before that make the scripture be able to come true literally like the advent of satellite television where you can see things where it says, and all the world will look upon something 
where before that would have to be a spiritualized thing. But the key, what I'm seeing in this is, I will pour out my spirit. You were talking about that revival. And anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so as it was in the beginning, and is now, and always shall be, God is pouring out his spirit, looking for those who can save no matter where you are on the timeline. That's on the positive. (laughs) The negative side, he mentions Antichrist, and I have to say in the original, he did not say the Antichrist, nor did he capitalize it. Uh, The old King James served that, but the new King James threw in the Antichrist. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting that John's the one that writes about Antichrist and Antichrist. He's also the one that wrote the book of Revelation, and the word Antichrist isn't in there anywhere. And the Antichrist isn't in there, but or if there is the Antichrist. But the word's just not in the book of Revelation. Just point that out. Uh, the word Antichrist means instead of, or to be against, mm-hmm. or a substitute for the real right. Christ, the opponent of Christ. Yeah. And the day in which we live, Steve shared the positive side. The negative side is, is more and more, I've never seen in my life, how the name of Jesus is so highly offensive mm-hmm. to people in our culture. And I think it's been that way in other countries of the world, but now we're tasting it here. Yeah. Unless you're cursing, of course. Yeah, unless you're yeah. cursing. <laughs> and it's it's in the name of pluralism, but I'm telling yeah. you that spirit comes from the countries that don't have pluralism going on. Yeah. It's, you know, history repeats itself. And our country is is uh, really is in the lineage of Greece and Rome, and we can follow all the lineage of. You know, what's interesting too is Rome's culture is started by two brothers. In a lot of ways, our co- our country was started by two cities, Boston, but also New York. So there was a religious foundation, but then also a political one to just take over the whole world and take everything. And they kind of growed up, you know, side by side as well but still in a republic. So I don't think that one's ever going to completely take over the other in, the na- in this nation without the judgment of God. I think that, I think that God is going to have something where you know, maybe that big political arm we see raise its head and want to you know, throw out the Constitution, all kinds of stuff like that, but then I think God's, God's always going to have a remnant. Always going to have a remnant for himself. I think one of the causes of the biggest thing is Times coming towards what we might call the end times is the rise of the apostate church. Yeah. Uh, this is as, as, as the church begins to re- reject Christ in the form of you know, making the religion more important than, yeah. than Christ. Or, well, I, I wrote down a few a few fulfilled prophecies that are very obvious. There's quite a bit more that are not so, you know, straightforward. But Israel becoming a nation again had to happen in prophecy. The language was dead. That had to happen in prophecy. Uh, is coming back. That was interesting. Um, there's a promise in, in, the, in the scriptures of Israel being rebuilt again before the Lord returning. Um, it, was, it was desolate. Um, return of Jews to the Holy Land. Um, the other thing is, this is interesting, the progress of the gospel worldwide. And we are seeing, even in... And even in uh, Islam nations, I mean, they're, these guys are having dreams that are just incredible of uh, seeing Jesus, and they're starting to collect. You know what I'm talking about? They're starting to collect in little communities where they're observing and having church services very quietly. In Islam and Iran, Iraq, all over the place. Fortunately, a lot of them put to death now in Iraq. 
being discovered. But the, the gospel, the progress of the gospel is amazing. I love to tune in to what's happening. We'll never see it on the big headline news. <laughs> we'll never see it there. Um, you know, you're saying that one of the uh, demonstrations of many antichrists is in the Middle East with the persecution and the beheading of the Christians and the killing of them and the slaughter of them for them if they will not renounce their faith. And it just, you know, that was true back in the first century. True when Christ, it was true when Christ was ministering and, in, and preaching because Rome was crucifying people and hanging them on the tree yeah. all around the place. Yeah, you know, and my my wife and I were just talking on this about this when we were driving in. You know, and like I was saying, history repeats itself. There is a period of time when uh, um, one of the things that enraged Romans against Christians was when the pestilences broke out. God was healing the Christians, <laughs> and uh, and history actually says that they started to collect on the outside, gather on the outside of the city, and uh, and that they weren't taking a lot of high roles in politics because they didn't want to get tangled up into something that could be immoral or uh, history shows that but then they actually the romans got it's like you guys you're a bunch of witches you know that's one of the things that enraged them and uh with stuff like this and now we got more pestilence breaking out here but uh that happened in the black death of europe too yeah it did they blamed the jews because they were getting sick the rest of them You're asking what are the characteristics of Antichrist? Is anything that's against Christ? Yeah, or or another Christ, anything that poses itself as another Christ. You know. I think um, another thing we got to keep in mind too, when our our last ones are coming, that God did mention that, that the Temple of Solomon will be rebuilt. It wouldn't be in the correct terms. Christ came back down and took it. Right now, I believe we have a what, an Islam church on it. Yeah, there's a mosque. Two, two, two mosques. Two mosques. Mm-hmm. The big gold one in there on the side of Solomon. So that's also a face, you know, saying, hey, when that Temple of Solomon starts erecting itself, and that's yeah. when you know it's about to get serious. Well, it's, and it's, it's the prophecy of it's, you know, until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. I think that's what we're talking about. The times of the Gentiles when there is another building on the Temple now. Well, there's Temple, you know, that prophecy could be fulfilled after the tribulation. If you're looking at it, that seven-year period in Revelation could be built from the beginning of that to the midpoint and still complete all prophecy. Um, but, you know, without violating prophecy, and I, I personally think that the, you know, the guy that comes forward to lead the world will be part of his peace pact, his restoration of the temple. Yeah, the, yeah, that does look like prophecy says that, right? There's a twist that just the other day I seen. It's, uh, his name is Robert. I wrote a book and showing pictures for the first time released about uh, the temple being in the center of the old city of David because they have uncovered the, uh, the, the prep rooms for the slaughter of the animals. The Gihon Springs are right there. Um, strong evidence that left. I uh, see. That's the where the tabernacle was at that they were yeah, in, they, yeah, slaughtered right, and right. made sacrifice to and before the temple was ever built. And they're saying so, the evidence is leading to the the Wailing Wall and that compound was actually the Roman fort that the Romans built. 
And if that's the case, uh, to, to do is control the old city of David, they can start rebuilding the temple mm -hmm. right now. That's interesting, yeah. One, you know, one of the other one of the other prophecies, I actually remember this maybe about four years ago or so, because some of the rabbis were talking about it, is um, all of a sudden water started flowing from within the stones in the Temple Mount. And uh, the rabbis, they went public and they said, uh, wow, this is an old prophecy that before the Messiah returns that a spring's going to come up out of the Temple Mount and it's not going to be explainable. And uh, I thought that was kind of interesting too. But uh, I think we have a lot of evidence. It, I think one of the things in, uh, uh, in, I think it's Revelation 17, is when the angel is talking to John and says, uh, don't you know that there's going to be seven Babylons, and then an eighth, which will still be the seventh. And uh, five will already come to pass, and then there's going to be two more. And looking at the, like I said, like America being in the lineage of ancient Rome and Greece, and it just goes right about the history, it does actually look like we're right there at the seventh right now. There, and I think that's pretty interesting. But... Well, well what, Washington, D.C. is a city on seven hills. Bunker Hill, Capitol, I mean, if you look at it, and one of its names is City on Seven Hills, or talk about the 1800s. And um, Rome on the Potomac was another coin, uh, term coined for it back in the 1800s, too. I mean, who knows? But that's something we're not going to have to laugh over, I think. <laughs> Maybe not. There's a lot of speculation. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, spec it's evidence, it's speculation. Well. And, and be it's, careful our speculation doesn't become an antichrist. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Amen. Right. <clears throat> Um, That's what I was saying. I was thinking literally that I was joking with my cousin, but it actually does seem like that. That Obama actually does look like an antichrist himself. Well, and, and they're all throughout history. I don't, and even even back in John's time. Want, I know. You see, this is what I was talking about too. And um, uh, I mean, in John's time, there was uh, uh, there was Nero and other things like that. At, at, at what's typical for an antichrist type figure um, is a is a ruler who wants both religious power and political power. It's the order of Melchizedek, right? Which really I think only Jesus has a right to. And uh, but that, well, you see that from you know Nero, they worship the Rome, the you know as as a god. Was you also see that in other times in history too, and. Other religious leaders that take on uh, stately power and try to run both things at one time. Islam, Islam I, I, yeah. I've heard more than one uh, talk about the fact that since, uh, since Satan doesn't know the, the day, the year when when uh, he's done for, that he's always had to have an antichrist ready in the wings. And then, of course, there's parallels to Hitler, Napoleon, and Nero. I mean, that's it's always been in yeah. every generation, mm -hmm. one waiting in the wings. I think that's true. And, yeah, and, it could be. That's well, some of the destruction that these people have caused in their, you know, rise to power. Yeah, I mean, it's, so. All right, so verse 19, we'll go ahead and turn the page. <laughs> um so they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they were of us, they would have remained with us. But they left so that it might be revealed that they are not of us. <laughs> they all are not of us. They all are not of us. They all are right. Not just some. They all of us, are not of us. They were not of us. <clears throat> if they were of us, they would have remained with us. But they left us so that it might be revealed that they all are not of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
this job. I was like, no, Paul, oh. I, oh, as far I as, as what, what I don't want to do, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so can we name antichrists that have come out of Christianity? Right? Um, we've got a lot, <laughs> right? Um, uh, J- Joseph Smith, the Mormons, he was going. But at the same time, he's also involved in like a folk magic kind of weird stuff, right? And he held uh, religious power and stately power. He made the laws. <laughs> he made the rules for his own little society. A good example. Yeah, there, there's a lot. <laughs> I did that later. We got the question. Yeah. Well, in Scripture, we see that uh, that we're led away by our own lusts, our own desires, right? The eyes, pride of life. They lust because they wanted power, I guess. <laughs> and uh, Jesus said, "You really can't have the power. That one's up to me." So we're like, we're just gonna take it. So it might be revealed that they all were not of us. So the ones that remained. We could see who was believers and who was not. It stayed. We corrupted it. I think uh, many of them uh, uh, maybe disillusioned, uh, deceived, right? Talk about doctrines of demons again, where things creep in. I understand reading about Muhammad annually searching <clears throat> the Assyrian Christian Church truth and the Assyrian Christian Church so unique and effective that he he was wow. illusioned and went out and made his own religion. <laughs> Being a part of and then coming out and identifying himself as Antichrist by virtue of what he created. That's interesting. You know, and, and later on, I actually found a, the, one of the, I think it's in Thessalonians, where it says that, that we have to have a love of the truth in order to be drawn into Jesus. And that's a gift of the Holy Spirit, to actually have and find a love for the truth, where you want to go understand the truth. And uh, that's one of my questions, too. And I, I, I can't say I know the answer, but... Uh, so maybe it's possible to equate the people with the truth and get dissolution with the people yeah. and get the truth. You know. Joseph Smith, uh, the Mormon missionaries, if you let them in house, they'll tell you he was a young man disillusioned by apostasy in the church. And went seeking a way similar to Muhammad, kind of a parallel, mm-hmm. different conclusions, man. But, yeah. but you know, at, at the same time, I, I see that the Lord, that's, that's how he likes to do things, you know. He likes to take us imperfect creatures and just go, okay, Matt, go over there and say that to I you know, or look. I mean, look at Elijah. The guy was basically living like a caveman, wore a bear skin, <laughs> sleeping in a cave for years at a time. Yeah, you know. And then it was like, okay, Elijah, go down to the, you know, go down the street, and while they're passing along, go tell them this, and then go back. <laughs> you know. That came out of the Christian church. And it came out of the Christian church because of the abuses of so-called Christians. 
And that's what led to them walking away. They didn't walk away from Christianity or religion or even following Christ with the idea that we're going to be better or we're going to be gods. It was it was similar to what Gandhi said. I, I, I can take Jesus. It's the Christians I don't like. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that whole... Yeah. Yeah. And we've often... See, the, the, the problem with, with, with Christianity is just this idea that we know everything, we're right about everything, we're perfect. You know, there's no sin in us. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. And so when men place their faith in men, there's that falling away that takes place because you there's nothing to really hold on to. So it's, it's a lot of these people that ultimately we're calling Antichrist, their purpose was not to become that. They really were seeking truth. They really were seeking a God. You know, stuff, and they weren't finding it in Christianity. That's a shame. I'm so, so maybe they were disillusioned by by Christ reigning in the church. Yeah. Could be too, right? Burying <laughs> them in the name of Christ, disillusioned them, getting them off course. Uh, no wonder John going towards a chapter where he's going to hammer on love. Uh, <laughs> yeah, love, that's right. Love, love, love. That's right. Well, and you, and you think about you think about the. Not too long ago, Koresh, David. Yeah. Oh, Koresh, yeah. right. You think yeah. about those people. Those people yeah. were willing to die yeah. for their picture of Jesus. So you see, how can you say they were Antichrist mm-hmm. when they thought they were following Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a, another Jesus. I was it's in a, another Jesus. I was in a right? boys' ranch, literally down the hill. From that compound when all that happened. Oh my wow. My boys in that, in that, in that ranch, wow. and you heard everything. Yeah. Well, and that and that kind of leads me to my next the next question here that I wrote down. Is there evidence that they could really? I mean, c- can you really can you really taste the cup of Jesus? Can you really understand his majesty, his glory, his love, or even his his anger? Makes him angry. And then, you know, have have a real have a real fellowship. We understand that, and then just go and walk away. Is it really possible? It could just be rhetorical. I don't know. <laughs> I guess they could really be. You could really actually taste it, but you really can't actually feel his wrath because he doesn't like hurting you most of the time. Well, lack of comprehension on our end. So, throughout the history of man, we've always requested a presence before the Lord, other yeah. than honoring up and taking responsibility for our own actions and facing the Lord ourselves and dealing with the consequences. Of Israel, they asked for a king, other than Jesus Christ. They asked for a king to rule over them here, to go and consult with Christ and pretty much take the wrath of them, then he can secondhand pass it down to us. So I think it's all our hindrance to actually be able to go to Christ and understand him fully. Never really, you know, it's always really our, our shortcomings that hinder us from actually coming to Christ and actually getting a full understanding of it. Well, I, would, I, would have, well, I would have to say, it says, is there evidence that they never really drank of the cup or never really tasted real fellowship with the Lord? Well, let's look at someone who really did taste the cup we got Judas. He was right there with him. You couldn't get deeper than that relationship. And he walked away. 
But did he? But but did he understand? It? I mean, did did he want maybe a political leader or well, uh, not understand really what he was there for yet? I mean, well, but he, the, the point, the I think the question is, could they? Did he really drink? I believe he did. No, no, no different than Satan himself was in heaven with God. And that was, that's actually what I wrote down in mind. It's like you know, Satan was right he, there he was before right there the throne. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It shows the turn, yeah. I think it's, that's kind of the, the, the economy of man is that, mm-hmm. that we can be truly in contact spiritually with Father and still ultimately choose to walk, walk away. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately it's the same, same decision everybody has to make. I want to choose to follow my way. I want to yield and submit to the way of the Lord. You know, it doesn't matter that's how close you are or how far away you are from the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's the same decision, and each yeah. person has to deal with that. And that's that's, that's something. Either. This is something I had to deal with. The key is the word you just used, though. The key. We miss it all the time. Choose. Choose, right. The key is choosing. It's not feeling. It's not things are going well. It's not, oh, it's so bad that I'm going to walk away, or it's so good that I'm going to stay. Mm-hmm. It's choosing. Choosing of the, of, of the Lord. And then, oh, obviously it's hard, but that's where yeah, this, we are. This is something I had to deal with a few years ago. I think it took that long for me to accept that some people just, I mean, you can, they can see, they can taste the cup, and they're just not going to choose to walk with your Lord. And, you know, and I used to be like, oh, I'll just keep praying for them. I'll keep fasting. And they just choose not to be there. Well, that's, that's I think, where you get the definition of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. All mm-hmm. sin will be forgiven, man, except... Asking the Holy Spirit yeah. is when you, no, I'm just not going to choose the Lord. I'm going to choose I, I, my own way. I, I listened to an interesting commentary pretty recently about the fear of the Lord, which is, it was fascinating. I can't say that I agree with the 100%. It's just, it's there. It's really cool. But it was the, the thought that the fear of the Lord is not you know, like the kind of fear you would have if you're facing down a, or facing up to a 12-foot grizzly bear. <laughs> But it's the fear of being away from the Lord. And it's an interesting thought. And it's a fear that Satan did not have. Didn't have, it's like, I don't want to be away from God. I love being at his feet in the presence. But he was like, nah. Cast me not away from your presence. Yeah. David's prayer. David's prayer. He can't master it's very helpful to make a clear distinction between being anti-religion and anti-Christ. Mm-hmm. Multitudes of people love the Lord, serve the Lord with all their hearts, the church, because of the religion, because of the tradition, much. Very sad. It's an indictment of all of us believers. Multitudes in America who are not attending church now, <coughs> attendance is shrinking in the traditional churches. Mm-hmm. Look what they're missing, huh? <laughs> 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 well, they, they cling to this next verse. Yeah. Verse 20. So the concept, we know all things due to our relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad. Like, like I, I shake you miss because you're a few of But I, I, it, I used to teach college career age kids, and I always avoided that subject. 
I never want to get into it. It's like, no, no, no. You guys live right. You learn to walk in the Holy Spirit. I'm totally happy. Right? I was like, oh, great. Now it's here, so i got to talk about it. So that was the first time, you know, like all my life I actually went there. So um, uh, verse 20, and you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Oh, this is getting a whole lot more fun to me. <laughs> um so do we have examples of knowing truth or something that's beyond your knowledge or training? I can think, for me, I can think of multiple times on the job, and I think, you know, I'm going to go get that done, I'm going to get that done. I finish it, and the job boss comes around, Matt, can you get that? And that's like, finish it five minutes ago, man. I'm like, how do you do that? Over and over and over. I can think of so many things. The Holy Spirit's our helper, right? Helps us in all things. I think you know what I'm talking about, too. You're sitting down writing a song. It's like, oh, God, just help me, right? I've got many songs like that, too. It's like, oh, that's it. <laughs> Something beyond us. Like other things, like if you're trying to dodge death, it's really kind of hard unless you try to get Jesus, unless you have Jesus there putting a protection to keep you safe through that. Mm-hmm. So in other words, when they norm, most people say, "Do not fear death for dying, fear it for trying to kill you." That's actually mm-hmm. true. Here's a, I've got another example you too. You got fear I'll, it for trying to kill you. Uh, I was hoping to hear some other people's examples as well, but I had this thing happen years ago where uh, uh, early on a Saturday morning, I got up and drove my van down to the down to the store to get some breakfast stuff, and it was real rainy and stuff, and then and uh pull my van out, and something stopped me from a certain intersection where I just turned right. I was like, stop. I was like, and it was just something inside. I didn't hear anything. It was just like, like a, no, something's wrong. Something, I know something's wrong. So I go up, around, make a right, and right there would have been my turn, right in front of me, a huge car wreck. This car flipped over, and, all, and I was like, wow, God just saved me from that. Saved me from that. But I was like, well, Lord, why? Because I would gladly take that hit for those kids in that car. I would gladly. And I got home, and uh, a buddy of mine from high school called me up out of the blue. And he was into, like, you know, black magic and dark arts and all that kind of stuff. Not ten minutes later, I get home. He says, Matt, can you come over to my house? Um, I'd like to talk with you. Maybe you can pray for me. He was in it? No. But God, it, it, I wouldn't have been able to take that call if I got in that car wreck. And I got to sit with him, and it was it was, it was feeling pretty weird. <laughs> I could, and I got to sit with him, and he let me lay hands and pray for him. And I and I remember telling him they ended up being prophetic. I said, "Listen, man," I said, uh, "I'm going to keep praying for you. I'll always be your friend." And I said, "If it takes you ten years, whatever, you can call me up when you're ready to pray and make that step and start following the Lord." Well, he did call me up about five years ago, and he's in church now. <laughs> he's married. He's in a faithful marriage. He said it took him a lot of years. So he was a coven leader and all that. It took him a lot of years to get past it. But um, but it was uh, you know it was one of those things. Where I remember that just it was like, don't turn here. It was like this feeling of just doom, just knowing something I couldn't have known. I think we all would recognize how many times the Holy Spirit steps in into our lives. We don't we don't see the aftermath of why we did turn or why we didn't. Yeah. We didn't, but you know, very rare do we oh, get oh, to yeah. come back to the scene and they go, Oh 
It could be daily for so many of us, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else, any, any other experiences? I mean, <laughs> y'all know the wreck that happened in Grandpa underneath the bridge? For some reason, literally, I think it was God telling me that was going to happen, but there's no way I could stop it. Because I've, that night, I dreamed that there was a wreck there. Exact same spot, and I was I was the one that accidentally caused it. Well, I had a uh, what I dreamed. I had it. There's, so there's a, I just swerved there's another, by accident trying to dodge the tire. Yeah, and it flipped some other cars. There, there's another example where um, uh, years ago, um, I mean, I, I I've given away now. Like, let me see. Like, if I've got something and God tells me to give it away, I'll give it away. I think it's I've given away two vans. Two four by fours, two motorcycles, and a Volvo. Oh man! Really? No, I I have. And um, you got so, a <laughs> no, you know, if I had something, I, I gave away a motorcycle. This big biker guy, and I, I, it needed um, I think something with the charging system wasn't right, but he, he needed something. Either they needed another vehicle so he can get back to work, and man, he cried on me. <laughs> Just don't, so you start preaching to them, it's like, what is this guy talking about? Okay, it's another dude. 
Well, how many times have you been, you had this great word that you prepared for whoever, the message, and right before you get ready to deliver it, the Holy Spirit goes, hey,
and I could see it the whole time I watched it, rather than the sun. And that was my, my, my turning point and my faith, because that was the only way I could have seen it, faith. And that I remember. I remember, like, looking at him, the sun coming down on him, and he's riding the sun. Great moment, so. Great job. It, 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 was, it was really cool. I liked it. <laughs> well, um, the Holy One is God. The anointing is His touch in our life or our relationship with Him. And we know all things, not because we have the Holy Spirit, but because the Holy Spirit knows all things. Mm-hmm. He gives us everything we need to know. My experience was... Um, we were given a car that had ignition problems. So often, sometimes once a day I'd have to pull off the side of the road, sometimes on the highway to adjust the points. Oh, yeah. yeah. Points. <laughs> and uh, one day at work I heard about an invention where um, the rotor is replaced, uh, the, the shaft on the rotor stays there, but what the, the notch thing that moves the points replaced with a disc that had slits in it. And the points were replaced by a U-shaped apparatus that, that had light shooting from one yeah. side of the apparatus to the other. And laser this disc would rotate and at the appropriate times pass through there and the ignition would work. So I went to the, to the auto parts store that had this. It was a, it was a dealer-only kind of deal. I talked my way into letting them sell it to me. Mm-hmm. I took it home and late at night I put it on and I did not know what I was doing. I was not a mechanic. But just very methodically following the instruction book, put it on and adjust it here and there and it worked. Well, I, I put a I put a block here just um you know, we get talking about truth, knowing truth, knowing things, and try to contrast about what the world does. And I don't want to go too far into it. I guess we can read it real quick. But uh, talk about philosophy and the relativistic way of thinking and how, how Jesus is ultimate truth, right? Because the Holy Spirit, his sphere of understanding is so, <laughs> it's everything. Just read that real quick? I don't know. <laughs> philosophy is a search for truth. Our countries in the lineage of Rome and ancient Greece, Western concepts of philosophy have been passed down from these ancient cultures to our own. Many philosophers through the ages were theologians, not all of them relativists. Relativistic thinking was that is taught in most colleges across America that teach the truth as relative for one's perspective. And scriptures in the Bible are timeless, transcending pop cultures and any geography throughout the world in the timeline. The Bible teaches absolute truth and the limits of determining truth that we don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So, uh, so the question is, what are the limits of determining truth if we don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? And Pretty much we're just talking about our own senses, our own understanding, what we learn, and we have to trust that what we hear from other people is going to be correct. But I think that, uh, you know, we, as 
we have that relationship with the Holy Spirit that uh, that He teaches us truth. He can show us when we're being lied to or being deceived. People with a gift of discernment. I've had that several times. Like, man, I think I want to buy that car. It's like, nah, I don't like those guys. Something wrong. <laughs> internet. Right? The internet. Hey, yeah. this, car, this car here is <clears throat> however much. It's free. Time, no. time has something wrong. Oh, is it really? If you could okay. Teach, just teach okay. us the rest of the text and then we'll... All right. <clears throat> uh, oh, yeah, we already talked about that. Love of truth, the gift of God to be, re- uh, to be received in order to be saved. Um, verse 21. Knowing the lies, I did not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know the truth, and because every lie is not of the truth. And, uh, and I put some things here to compare, kind of what John's saying between uh, sheep and goats, and uh, the characteristics of that, and the the uh, uh, antichrist and the and the shepherds. Um, something that that I think, you know, in getting to that next question, could John be using reverse psychology to convict those of sin? So I can say, okay, you know the truth, and you know, I think, I think I kind of do that with my kids. It's like, okay, somebody got their hand in the cookie jar, right? But I know you guys are, you're really good. You wouldn't do that, <laughs> you know, and uh, and kind of, and I think that's. I don't know if we can get some feedback on that. We can, but I think that's kind of what John could be doing here when he's saying that. That's saying like, well obviously in like like we we're talking before earlier, that there are people in the church who can cause disillusionment to those who could be seeking the truth. So right? But I think John's actually trying to bring some some conviction and separation. And psychology. Reverse psychology, yeah. So in verse 22, who is a liar except the one denying, saying that Jesus is not the Christ, but this is the Antichrist, the one who's denying the Father and the Son. So, and getting to deniers, uh, we probably covered some of this. Um, but the people who end up falling away end up denying Jesus as he is. And in the scriptures, we actually see that if we could, if we can see Jesus, once we get to the point we can see Jesus for who he really is, that we're going to become like him. One of the promises. And... Uh, So faced with, you know, choosing, I was talking about before, choosing the Lord or not choosing the Lord and denying him, some people could be uh, uh, could be deceived or talking doctrines of demons. Right? Um, and we can talk about the people on the outside of the church or even, even religions where Jesus is just one path to many, right? They just seem like, oh, he's just another prophet. But that's not what Jesus said. So they're denying Jesus by not accepting what he said, right? But, okay, this, uh, 
This is something the Lord put on my heart here last week. I found myself uh, watching a YouTube video, and then it was actually covering, covering some big uh, Christian preachers who were uh, saying that, well, you know, the other way is to get to heaven. You don't. It's not just Jesus. And I'm not going to name names. I don't think I should. But um, I was like, wow, I didn't know it was so widespread. And I was just kind of, I was like, I didn't know it was so widespread, Lord. And, and the Holy Spirit showed me. It's like, yeah, Matt, I'm preparing you for Wednesday. These people are denying me. And it was, <laughs> uh, <coughs> you know, it, so so we get into those kinds of guys who are preaching. They have another, they have another gospel. Maybe they're watering things down. I was going to church for about 10 months, and I got looking through my notes. It's like never once did they say, okay, repent from sin. Uh, um, Jesus died and rose again. It was all just, okay, ask him in your heart. Yay! And uh, I, and I got to the point. I was like, oh, man, what did I get myself in? I shot the, music, the, the worship because I had talked to the worship pastor. I said, dude, do you guys believe this? Like, yeah, yeah, we've been, it's like, I'm looking through all my notes for 10 months, and I don't see one time where it was the, the, this was really addressed. And, uh, and then that Sunday, they they brought that out, the fundamental stuff of Christianity. I was like, oh, praise God. I was going to like, what did I get my family into? Where <laughs> um, thing they try to make it powerful, and they get something, I don't remember who said it, but how, how Jesus is offensive. Remember we're talking about Jesus is offensive? and the gospel is offensive, and we can't make it unoffensive. The gospel is going to be offensive. And we can love people, but it's a stumbling block or it's a building stone. And uh, But trying to candy coat things too much, uh, you know, I, I don't want to find myself inadvertently not sharing what God's calling us to share. But I think that gets to other points of theology, too, that you know, it's like, okay, become a Christian and tithe, and you're going to be rich. Have the faith. You're just going to be rich. Or be a Christian and pray, and you're going to be healed. Automatically. You're just going to, it's like, well, <laughs> some of us are, and some of us aren't. Some of the Lord will bless us with finance stuff, and some of us we won't. Not about that. It's about being righteous and walking with the Lord. All those kinds of things that that uh, God was showing me last week. It's like, okay, Lord, we need to talk about this. We'll talk about this. <laughs> um, something that uh, you were talking about, the denial most of the times, especially in the affront to the gospel, like deviation to the left or to the right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's not like... Jesus didn't. It's it's right. <laughs> like there's a like there's a Jesus ad. Yep. And it's that it's the, that's what you see. Uh, and I, I'm not calling out anybody either, but you know, about what a couple months ago, really big ministries, one of the wives <laughs> said something, and the church went off. And while I think. Personally, when I looked at it, I thought, okay, and actually a friend of mine is actually at that church, and he's on staff and everything. And I just thought to myself, you know, after really looking at what she said and talking to people who were really 
digging into her because they were going after her. I just thought to myself, well, for one, she had a blonde woman. Secondly, who among us has not made a mistake? Said, at some point in time, because I've done it. More importantly, the, the, the way they were going after her, that was a, a denial of Jesus. Jesus himself would have said, you know, he would have reconciled with her with love. He would have came to her. If, if there's any correction, it would have been with love. Right. It would and have been an attack. It would you know, have been. And, and that's, church that's why I'm not. So right. That, that's why I'm not saying names because God, he knows what's going on. And he's going to send people up to talk with them. He's going to, it's like, you know, I'm not going to, you know. But that's what I'm saying. To me, the denial is often not direct. But it's our own actions as believers causes other people to miss Jesus, causes other people to walk away from the church. That's a divergence of the path, too. Denying the Son does not have the Father, and one confessing the Son has the Father also. I think we've kind of already run into this one. <clears throat> that, uh, yeah, it takes Jesus. <laughs> um, verse 24. <clears throat> and what you've heard from the beginning, let it abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then uh, you you will abide in both the Son and the Father. And uh, so we know we have access to the throne of grace. We are in Jesus. Jesus in the Father. Holy Spirit is in us. And uh, the question is, do we have testimony of standing before the Father, of really knowing that the Father is, that we are really before him? Can you clarify that, of standing before the Father in our own prayer or Published or can you define that? Well, I I, I, I kind of left it there for a reason. <laughs> oh, well, but uh, no, no, really. I, <clears throat> but uh, you know, we we have access to the throne of grace, and we we show that you know, and, and it's something we have access to right now. And. Uh, I think I think that our spirits are actually before the Father, as the Holy Spirit is in everything, and now we're all one spirit in Jesus, and we are actually before Him, as far as what I think. Day and night for me. I mean, the awareness of the presence, very alive. Yeah. I know there's there's what's called positional truth, right standing with God through the Christ, and He is there as my elder brother, as my way to the Father, and all that. And I know in the daily walk there are times I must go to the throne of grace practically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and ask for help. And I cannot tell you the times I have and the prayer the way I want. And he certainly may not move when I want, but 
if I know he's heard me, I've got the grace to move forward in faith. Sometimes just knowing in that, that's actually an act of faith in itself. We'll be at the take by faith, knowing that we are actually in front of him. <clears throat> this is a great segue to 25. And this is the promise which he has promised us, everlasting life. This was fascinating. God, I felt just pulled into studying this word everlasting. It doesn't necessarily just mean the future. Like, okay, we live forever now. It's a concept of overabundance. Like just busting out the seams life. So much busting out the seams. Yeah, it's eternal. But it's also an idea of it going backwards. It's just so... <laughs> And that's, this was so fascinating to me in getting into this, and, and I, I put some notes here. But, it, you know, it, it, it reminded me of Jesus saying, it's like, given it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken over, and running together, that he has come for a given us abundant life. It's that concept of just uncontainable. <laughs> but this this was cool. That was a really cool word study. Um, and I put it here in the notes, and <clears throat> feel free for for going inside of that and, and, and digging in a little bit further. Um, I have a question for you. I, know that to be, I believe that to be true. But when Jesus is on the cross, Jesus is on the cross, he says, this day shall you be in your paradise. Right. 
But what's weird about the word eternity in the Greek refers to past and future. Right. Really. Just huge. It's there in the last page. You can take some time, and I wrote some notes on it. But yeah, it's... Jesus did. He had to fulfill his purpose. And as a thief would, just because he admitted that he believes in Jesus, he still had to endure cross until his body gave, gave out and gave way right. to Jesus so Jesus could actually take him. He was saved for eternity, and life was given to him that day at that moment with Christ. I certainly think that Jesus bore that guy's sin right there at that time. That he, he came to become sin for me, right? But Christ actually died before the thieves did because right. they had to break the thieves' legs so that they would die faster. Right. And they went to Christ to break his, and he was already gone. So he died, they got saved through his death. Yeah, that's that's how I lean through that. I, I think that it started right there. Now, here, here's 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 an interesting question, just for thought. You got the two thieves. One has been promised to go to paradise. The other one is not. They go there. They're looking across the gulf at each other. What do you think that conversation is? I, 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 I knew I should have did what you did. Yeah.